Just because I'm home doesn't mean I'm not working. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When you're posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. The VoiceAmp player does exactly that. Sign up at msvo.me slash msvoiceam and receive three months of VoiceAmp for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me slash msvoiceam. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Theopreneur Podcast. I'm Mark Scott, and I am so glad that you are here with me today. Thank you so much for listening, wherever you listen. As I say, wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. Whether you are listening on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Podbean, thank you so much for subscribing, for downloading, and for leaving those reviews as well. So in case you didn't get it off the top, What I want to talk about today are some productivity hacks for working from home. We all love the idea of being able to work from home. I know given where I live in Southern Ontario, working from home is so much better than the idea of a morning commute. Because honestly, I see people, I know people who have to commute into the city every single day, and it's like literally four to six hours of their life gone every single day. I couldn't do it. I really, really couldn't do it. So I am so thankful and so blessed for the opportunity to work from home. That said, working from home can be tricky. We always hear people talking about work-life balance and about setting boundaries and all of that sort of stuff. And, And I understand that now more than I did when I first started working from home. And one of the biggest reasons for that is because, you know, when I first went full-time in voiceover, I lived by myself. I was a single guy living in an apartment. I didn't have to answer to anyone. I didn't have anybody that needed me. I didn't have anybody living with me. And so boundaries wasn't really a problem. Working from home wasn't really a problem. Now I'm married. I have a wife. I have two kids. I have a house. I have other responsibilities and things are a little bit different. So what I want to dive into today are 10 different productivity hacks that are going to make working from home a little bit easier for you, the everyday VOpreneur. And the first one we're going to talk about is setting boundaries. One of the problems that I ran into when I first started working from home, even though at that point in time I was by myself, was this assumption that, oh, Mark's home, so he must not be doing anything today. And so family would call, family would drop in, friends would call, friends would drop in, Other people would schedule things for me. Other people would have expectations for me because, hey, Mark's always around. So Mark's always available. So Mark is home and obviously doesn't work. And it couldn't be further from the truth. And that was something that I noticed very early on in my voiceover career. And it was something that I had to create boundaries to prevent. And even now today, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love hanging out with my kids. I love it when my kids come into my office and hang out with me, but I still need to be able to get stuff done. At the end of the day, daddy's got to make the bucks. And so creating boundaries was really important. And these are boundaries that I had to lay out, not just for my wife and kids, 
but for my family and my friends and sometimes even my coworkers and colleagues, people that I do coaching with. I had to create boundaries in order to be able to be productive and do all of the other things that I needed to be able to do. Just because I'm home, just because I'm in the house, doesn't mean that I am available, that I am free, that I can do anything, that I can drop everything. And so I had to make rules. And those rules are going to look like different things for you, but you know, it could be something as simple as when the office door is closed, don't knock. If the recording sign is on, don't interrupt. Maybe you've got one of those cool voiceover recording signs or you've hung an on-air sign outside of your booth or whatever. Maybe you just stick a note on your door. Whatever it is, setting some rules and putting those into play. When I'm in the groove, I need to stay in the groove. And so I can't be interrupted because it can throw me off for a couple hours sometimes in order to get back into the groove. So my wife and kids understand that there are office hours, that there are days that I need to work. My wife has access to part of my schedule so she can see when I have things scheduled. I will tell her I've got sessions going on from this time to this time. And so you got to keep the kids out of the basement. You got to keep the kids quiet. Maybe I'll tell her that you got to keep the kids off the internet for a little while because if I'm doing sessions, I don't want anything interfering with the internet. You know, my kids are watching Netflix and that's taking up bandwidth. Whatever it is, you've got to set some rules in place and you have to discuss them with your wife and your kids and maybe your extended family as well or friends that are close by so that everybody understands that, hey, just because I don't go to an office outside of the home, it doesn't mean that I'm not working. Those boundaries are going to be so important for you and your productivity. Second thing on the list is knowing your internal clock. Are you a morning person? Do you hit your peak in the afternoon? Can you crush it in the evening? You will find a million articles on the internet that will talk about the importance of starting early and having a morning routine. You'll see a new article every single day from a blog or an online magazine talking about how, you know, the richest people in the world start their day at 4 a.m. and blah, blah, blah. And that's all well and good, but I'm not 100% sure that I agree with it. Because let me tell you something. If you are not a morning person, the whole morning routine thing, it probably isn't going to work. I was not a morning person for a very, 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 very long time. And so if I came down into the office at six o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning or whatever, I wasn't getting anything done because I was sitting in the office thinking about how tired I was and how annoying this was and how I just wanted to be in bed because this is not my life. This is not the way my body works. And so I think it is absolutely essential that you know your internal clock and you tweak your routine towards it. You've got to understand your body, your rhythms, your routines. I know for me, if I've got a project that I really need to get done, like if I'm working on something that's really important and I need to be able to hit a flow state in order to get that work done, if I sit down in the office from 9 p.m. until 11 p.m., I can crank out 10 times the productivity that I could ever dream of doing between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And so when you're working from home, and you're setting those boundaries, and you're trying to create a successful schedule for yourself, I really truly believe that part of that is knowing what your internal clock is, understanding your body, and working to your strengths. And so I will schedule time for myself in the evening, and I will make those hours available because I know that I can sit down and I can get things done, and I can hit that flow state, and I'm going to have a lot less interruptions, and it's going to work out much better for me than if I tried to do it very early in the morning 
or sometimes even if I tried to do it in the middle of the afternoon. So know your internal clock. Number three on the list, you got to turn off those notifications. Nothing can interrupt a flow state more than a dinging iPhone or a pop-up notification on your computer. Tell me if you've been there before. Your phone dings, you check the notification, it's something on Facebook. So then you jump on Facebook to see what the notification was, and 27 minutes later, oh crap, I'm still on Facebook. Or a notification dinged and it was an email, and so you dove into your inbox to answer that email, but then since you're already in your inbox, you decided to answer 15 more emails, and now you've just lost 45 minutes because you got distracted by one simple notification. Or... I don't know, the weather network dings in your phone and tells you there's a rainfall notification and so you sign into your phone to check out what the weather is, but then since you're already on your phone, then you click into this app and you click into that app and you check your stock investments and then you sign into your online banking and then you're checking your reminder list and then you play around a Candy Crush and you know what I'm talking about. You know how easy it is to fall down the rabbit hole from one simple notification disrupting your flow state distracting you and dragging you into something that you shouldn't be doing. One of the most important things that I think that you can do for your schedule when you're working from home is to set non-negotiable time. And that non-negotiable time needs to be guarded fully and completely. That means that if you set aside two hours of your day that you're going to work on your marketing, in those two hours, nothing else is going on. Absolutely nothing else is going on. That means that you got to turn off the notifications on your computer It means you got to shut down your social media, log out if you have to. It means that you have to turn off the notifications on your Apple Watch or your Fitbit or whatever. It means you got to leave your phone in another room. I'm going to let you in on a little bit of a secret, okay? The world is not going to end if you do not check your phone for two hours. And I just want you to, to just breathe that in and accept the peace and the reality that comes from that statement. The world is not going to end if you don't check your phone for two hours. I know that probably sounds really stressful. It's not something that we're used to doing. But I'll tell you what, one of the best things that I have ever done for my productivity is taking that non-negotiable time, leaving my phone in an entirely other room of the house, like even on a different floor of my house. So nothing is going to distract me from getting my work done. And when I hit that flow state with no distractions, those can be a couple of the most productive hours that I will have in the day. Don't let yourself get pulled down the rabbit hole. Turn off the notifications, put your cell phone in a different room, and enjoy the newfound productivity that you will accomplish. You got to set goals for yourself. This is the next one on the list. What are you going to accomplish today? What are your top priorities for the day? What are the main objectives that you're working towards right now in your business? If you can't answer those questions, we got a problem. Without a plan, you're going to waste a lot of time on busy work. Now, you're going to feel like you're being productive because you're doing stuff, but you're not really being productive. Big goals need to be broken down into smaller goals. Annual goals need to be broken down into monthly goals. And those need to be broken down into weekly goals. And those need to be broken down into daily goals. You have to plan your day. Or your day is going to plan you. You will get caught in so many things that aren't priority. 
So many things that feel like they need to get done, but probably don't need to get done. You are always going to default to doing the easiest tasks on your list, even though those may not be the most important tasks. And this is why I really, truly believe that you need to set goals. You need to know what am I going to accomplish in the office this week? And more specifically, what am I going to accomplish in the office today? Working from home is hard enough on its own because there are a thousand distractions, right? You got dishes to do, you got laundry piling up, you got kids running around, you got this to fix, you got that to take care of, you got this task, you got this honeydew item. There's a thousand different things that can pull you out of the office when you're working from home, which is why I think that it is that much more important that you need to be intentional with your time. And in order to be intentional with your time, you're going to have to set the goals so that you know what you're going to accomplish on any given day. Further to that is the next tip, and that is staying accountable. And I truly believe that this is essential to your success. Try keeping a planner or a journal with your daily and your weekly goals written in it. And revisit those goals every single morning and revisit those goals before you shut down every single day. And this is something that I do. And when I started doing this, I noticed a profound shift in my productivity. And I noticed that I was getting a lot more things done. I noticed that I was prioritizing my time so much better. So I use a planner. It's called the Ink and Volt Planner. And I sit down and spend time in that every day. It reminds me about what my priorities are. And that reminds me where I need to focus my energy and my efforts. And it holds me accountable to the things that I really want to get accomplished. So if I find myself devoting a lot of time to things that are not on my priority list, I got to reassess. I got to reevaluate. I need to shift my focus onto those goals that I have set for myself. And so having that accountability is so important. And I think one way that you can take that even further is through having an accountability partnership. Having somebody that you're going to meet with, and maybe you're going to get together every week, or maybe you're going to get together once a month, and you're going to have a conversation with this person, and you're going to hold each other accountable to your goals. In 2019, I started a mastermind group. And once a month, we meet as a group, but then also at some point during the month, I check in with each member individually. And so on those individual check-ins, we have an opportunity to evaluate where they're at with their goals for the month and make any strategy adjustments that need to be made. And then when we get together for our monthly meetings, everybody has a chance to talk about their month, how it's going, what they've accomplished, what they're working on, what the goals are that they're setting for themselves for the next month. And we get a chance to give each other feedback and encourage each other and support each other. And I'll tell you what, that accountability is a game changer when it comes to you and the success of your voiceover business. Set your goals stay accountable. Let me ask you something. Are you booking work from your website? Do you have a site you're proud to send people to that you want to link to from social media or from your emails? Or is your website something you put together yourself using a free service and you're just hoping for some kind of results? The layout, content, and messaging on your website is incredibly important and can mean the difference between inquiries and bookings or just crickets. If you're not confident with your site, if you don't know what to include, or if you'd just like a fresh perspective on it, let me help you. You can now book a 30-minute website consult session with me. We'll chat live on Zoom and go over all the information on your site. We'll make suggestions for improvements to the design, the content, and the copy. You can book your consult now at markscottcoaching.com forward slash website consult. That's markscottcoaching.com forward slash website consult. 
Now, back to our show. One of the other things that I think is really important when you're working from home is changing the scene. You know what? I love my house. I love my yard. I love where I live. But I don't want to be here 24-7. It's, it's too much. I sometimes think that people who get to go to work, as in, you know, get up and leave the house and go to an office or whatever, sometimes I feel like they have a little bit of an advantage. And I don't always feel that way, but every once in a while, you know, if I haven't left my house for a week, I get a little bit jealous of people that get that, that change of scenery. And so as wonderful as it is to work from home, I do think that changing the scene can be really, really important. And so that's one of the reasons why at least once or twice a week, I will grab my laptop and I will head off to a restaurant or a local coffee shop and I'll sit there and work for a couple hours. And just getting out of the house, getting out of my regular office and changing that scene can have a huge boost in my productivity. You know, I throw in my headphones, maybe I listen to a podcast or something so I don't get distracted by all of the outside noise of being in a restaurant or a coffee shop. And I just dive in and I work on something. And when I go, I always have a specific objective. I'm going to go to this coffee shop and I'm going to sit here until I get X done, whatever X may be. But I am always so much more productive. Sometimes I like to take my laptop and I go into my backyard and I just sit around the campfire and just relax around the fire and work away on my laptop. And, you know, it just that simple change of getting out of the office. You know, my office is in the basement and I love my office, but it's still in the basement. Sometimes I just want to get out and see a little bit of sunshine. And so something that simple can be very, very profound when it comes to your productivity. So figure out where the restaurant is. Maybe it's the library. Maybe it's a local coffee shop. Maybe they got some Wi-Fi or maybe even better, maybe they don't have Wi-Fi, which can also be really good. You know, sometimes I intentionally go to places where I can't connect to the Internet because what is it? It's one of the ways of eliminating distraction. If I can't get online, I can't check Facebook. I can't check my inbox. I can't check Twitter. I can't check Instagram. I can't start reading the news. I can't start surfing blogs. I got to work on whatever I'm working on on my computer in an offline environment. And that can be incredibly productive. So if you've never tried that before, change the scene. Now, going along with that, but in a slightly different vein, create a comfortable space. If you don't have a great space to work in, you're not going to want to spend any time there. And I, I learned this. When I lived in an apartment, I was very limited with what I could do. You know, there's only one main living area in the apartment. So there's only so much that you can do from a design standpoint. And it gets pretty boring sitting in the same room every day, looking at the exact same stuff every day. So when I created the studio space that I'm in now, and it took me a bunch of years to be able to build up to the space that I'm in now, but I intentionally designed a space that I was going to want to spend a lot of time in. My wife actually told me to make it bigger than I was originally designing it for because she wanted to make sure that I had everything that I needed in that space. Now, I'm sure that her motives weren't entirely pure. I'm sure you know, it wasn't just about giving me a better space because I deserve it. It was probably more about if he works more, you know, he'll make more bucks and whatever. Actually, my wife's not like that at all. She just wanted me to have a really great space. And so I built this big, beautiful office slash recording space. It's like uh, 25 or 26 feet long and it's like 12 or 13 feet across. Uh, I got a nice, big, comfortable desk. I've got 
three screens on my desk so that I can be very productive when I'm sitting at my computer. I've got a very comfortable office chair. I've got a 40-inch TV, so sometimes I can have the baseball game on when I'm working on something. I've got a leather recliner in my office so that, you know, sometimes if I just need a break for a little bit, maybe I want to go meditate for a bit. Maybe I want to sit and think about something. Maybe I want to read a book. Maybe I want to take a nap because I'm not opposed to taking a nap. I can just jump over into my chair and do it. And I've got this beautiful space now, bright colors, bright lights, and I've designed a space that I really, really like to hang out in. I designed a space that I'm proud of. So it's not a chore for me to come down here for eight hours a day. I get excited about being able to come down here and hang out here for eight hours a day or 12 hours a day or 16 hours a day, depending on the project that I'm working on. And so I think that's really important for you. You know, I understand what it's like to live in a house where you you can only record in the closet and so you've got your blankets set up and it's just, it's not great. But being able to create a workspace for yourself, that in and of itself can add to your productivity when you're working from home. And that's something that you need to think about, creating a comfortable space that you want to hang out in. Next up on the list, you got to take breaks. I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person that when I get going on a project, I could totally lose track of time. And, you know, sometimes I'm embarrassed to admit it, but not really. I have an alarm set in my phone for 2.45 p.m. that says, don't forget the children. That's what my alarm is called. And it's not because I'm like the worst dad ever and I'm going to forget to pick up my kids from school. It's just that sometimes I enter this state of productivity. I enter that flow state, if you're familiar with that term, and I lose track of time. Because I just get caught up in what I'm working on. And so I have to have that alarm to remind me, hey, you got to go get your kids from school. Because I have the ability to get lost in my projects like that, sometimes I got to remind myself to take a break. And so maybe that means that I got to get up and I'm going to go for a walk for half an hour on one of the trails near my house. Maybe I'm going to go out and sit in my garden for a bit. Maybe I'm going to go do something in the shop. Maybe I'm going to take a nap. Whatever it is. Sometimes I got to remind myself to take breaks. You know, when you work a nine to five job and you've got structure to your day, you know, you got a coffee break at 10 o'clock and then you got your lunch from 12 to 1230 and then you got a coffee break at two o'clock or whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about. There's a structure that is built into your day. But when you're working from home, sometimes it's really easy to blur those lines. Sometimes it's really easy to feel obligated to work even more. And so I have to be intentional about taking breaks to split up my day. And I'll tell you what, one of the most productive things that I can do is take off at 12.30 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon and go for a 30-minute walk. Get out of the office, get some fresh air, get a little bit of exercise, no distractions, and sometimes that's just enough to reset my brain. Sometimes that is enough to get some new ideas flowing. Sometimes that can help me break through a wall if I've hit a wall in my day or on a particular project. And so scheduling those breaks and taking them can be incredibly productive for you. Number nine on the list, an end of day alarm. And this kind of goes along with taking breaks. You hit that flow state, you know, you're in the groove, you're getting stuff done, and it's really easy to lose track of time. And so I have set alarms for myself that are kind of like an end-of-day alarm where I actually go through the motion of getting up out of my desk, 
turning off my computer, turning off the lights, and leaving the office, right? Just like what you would do with a 9 to 5, you go through a shutdown routine and you walk out the door of the building and you get in your car to drive home and it, it flips a switch in your brain. Work's over now, I'm going home to my family. And so I go through a similar kind of routine in my office. When I power everything down and I close the door and it's a trigger for my brain that says, my work is complete. And this one was really important for me because when I was a single guy, I didn't have anything else to do. And so I literally worked all the time. If I wasn't sleeping, I was working. And part of that was a guilt thing. Part of that was a convenience thing. Part of it was a weird sense of obligation. Part of it was also because I was trying really hard to build something. And so I was just that committed to my goals. But it was really easy to do when I was a single guy. Now I've got a wife. Now I've got two kids. And I want to spend time with them. I want to be available to them. I don't want them to always have to come downstairs into the office to see me or to to have a little bit of time with me. And so having that end of day alarm and going through that shutdown routine has been incredibly important for my productivity, but also for creating a little bit of balance in my life and for making sure that I'm spending time with my kids. And there are absolutely days when that doesn't happen. There are days when I'm in the middle of a project and I have to put in extra hours. But for the most part, I have that end of day routine where I shut down and my brain switches from work mode to family mode. And I think that's even more important when you're working from home. Now, the final one on this list, I know there are some people that are going to disagree with this one. So you're going to have to stick with me here for a second. One of the beautiful things about working from home is that nobody cares what you look like. You can get up in the morning and you don't have to shave. You don't have to do your hair. You don't have to put your makeup on. You can literally roll out of bed into the office and just start going on with your day. And a lot of people do that. And that's actually a selling feature for some people. And I'll be the first to admit that sometimes that is a selling feature for me. You know, sometimes I get down in the office and I don't shave and I don't really care about my hair and whatever. But I have tried to make a point getting up in the morning, having a shower, shaving, putting some deodorant on because I don't want to stink up my office, getting dressed, not just, you know, going downstairs in my pajamas, but actually getting dressed. And going through that routine, because just like the end of day alarm can trigger your brain and flip a switch, you know, when you power down your computer and you turn off the office lights, that switch flips in your brain, work is over, and now I'm at home. Getting dressed in the morning can have that same effect. It's time to go to work. And as stupid as it sounds, I've actually conducted experiments on this. And what I have found is that when I get up and go through that morning routine, having a shower, shaving, getting dressed, eating breakfast, all that sort of stuff, and coming into the office, I come in feeling better, I come in feeling renewed, I come in feeling excited, and I am more productive. When I come downstairs into my office and I'm in my pajamas and I look like a slob, it's almost like I'm being disrespectful to my business, like I'm being disrespectful to my career. You would never show up to a nine-to-five office job In your boxer shorts, half-shaven, with your hair all a mess. If you would never do it at that job, why would you let yourself do it at your own job when you're working from home? You're the boss. You're the CEO. You got to set some rules for yourself. And I found that making myself get up in the morning and actually getting dressed 
was a pretty big hack for my productivity. So let's go back through and take a look at these. First and foremost, you got to set boundaries. Office hours. Just because I'm home doesn't mean I'm free and available. You got to know what your internal clock is. Figure out your body rhythms and your routines. Are you a morning person, an afternoon person? Are you evening person? Don't feel guilty about not getting up at 4 a.m. Don't feel guilty about not being a morning person if that's not when your body is working. Play to your strengths. Turn off those notifications. Make sure that you are getting your phone out of the studio and you're setting a couple of hours of non-negotiable time every day where you're not going to get distracted. Set those goals. What are you going to accomplish today? Be intentional with your time. Make sure that you are staying accountable. Write those goals down in a journal. Track your progress. Revisit it every morning. Revisit it every night. Pay attention to those details and take it a step further by getting an accountability partner or looking into something like a mastermind group. Change the scene. Sometimes it's really good to just get out of the house for a couple hours. Go to a coffee shop, take your computer, throw your headphones in, go somewhere without internet and be really surprised at what you can get accomplished. Or if you got to go somewhere because you're working online, that's fine too. But that change of scenery sometimes can be all you need to just restart your brain. Make sure that you are working in a comfortable space at home. Create a space for yourself where you want to be. Maybe you're not in a position yet where you can build a big studio slash office space like I've built for myself, but there are little things that you can do. Maybe it's something as simple as hanging a picture, getting a plant, changing a paint color in the space that you're working in now, buying a more comfortable chair, buying a better desk, adding a second monitor, little things that you can do until you get to build the big dream space. I mean, it took me 10 years to get to my dream studio. But make sure that you are creating a comfortable space for yourself where you want to hang out and where you want to work so that you will spend eight hours a day there. If this is your full-time job. Make sure that you take breaks. Every once in a while, you got to go for a walk or take a nap or read a book or just go outside and take in some sunshine just to break it up. Those breaks can refresh your brain, reset your brain, and you'd be surprised what they can do for your productivity. Set that end-of-day alarm so that when it's time to get out of the office, the switch flips and you're just with your family. And get dressed in the morning. Go through that morning routine. Whether that morning routine happens at 4 a.m. or 10 a.m., I'm not here to judge you. I tell you, do what works best for you and your body and your clock. But go through the act, the shower, the shave, the makeup, the hair, putting on some clothes and respecting your business, just like you would if you're going to any other job. Guys, thanks so much for checking out another episode of the Everyday Vopreneur podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for downloading, for subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. I really appreciate the reviews that you leave as well, and I love to get your feedback. Don't forget to join the Vopreneur group on Facebook, share your comments. Sometimes a lot of the stuff that I see in the group is what inspires these podcast episodes. And a lot of times that's how I get stories for these podcast episodes is from the stuff that you guys are posting and sharing in the Facebook group. So make sure you join. There's a link at vopreneur.com. And don't forget to pick up your vopreneur swag as well. Get a t-shirt so everybody knows you're a vopreneur or buy one of those voiceover hoodies and use that to Start a conversation that could be your next great voiceover lead. You never know. All of that stuff is available at Vopreneur. 
everydayvopreneur.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When you're posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. The Voice Amp Player does exactly that. Sign up at msvo.me slash msvoiceamp and receive three months of Voice Amp for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me slash msvoiceamp. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.